Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Troy Erickson from Email Paramedic. How are you? Hey, Shane. Thanks for having me. I'm feeling good. I appreciate it. Oh, that's great. Thanks for coming on the show, my friend. Yeah, no problem at all. I'm happy to be here and chat and have a good conversation and hopefully people enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. We're just going to have a nice, relaxed conversation. Can you share with us what paramedic email or is it email paramedic? Yep. Email paramedic. So basically email what we do is we like how there's a lot of ad agencies out there and people run your Facebook ads for you, stuff like that. But we do the same thing, except it's for your email list. Basically people come to us, they have an email list. They're like, Hey, I have all these leads, but I don't really know the best way to monetize them. I don't know what I should be emailing them. And in a lot of cases, they, they just aren't sure because they haven't really sent many emails before. So we come in. And we start sending their emails for them. We fix their email deliverability. And it's just a completely done for you service. And when you send a lot of messages to people and you write them well and your deliverability is good, your message is getting out to a lot of people. And obviously for a lot of businesses, it creates a lot of revenue, a lot of impact. And that's pretty much what we do. Very good, Troy. What do you think that sweet spot is for the number of emails sending out in a week, for example. I guess it depends on the industry too, right? Yeah. So for most businesses that we work with, they're in like the coaching consulting space and then we do have some e-com clients, things like that. The My personal favorite is anything that's high ticket, right? Because obviously you can get your clients a better ROI and faster. As far as how many to send, the that's one of the top things that people ask about and they worry about and they think they're going to annoy their yeah. subscribers. But at the end of the day, if I take something that you enjoy and let's say it's like basketball, for example, you just love basketball. If I send you seven quality emails each week about basketball, you're not going to unsubscribe. Now, sure, a lot of people are really busy and B2B niches and they don't necessarily want to read a lot of emails, but you just have to get them in the right mode. So for me... I'm a busy business owner. If you email me at my business email and send me a bunch of marketing stuff, yeah, then I might unsubscribe. But if you get it on my personal email where I'm in the mode to read stuff like that, then it just makes a lot more sense and I'm okay reading those messages. Everybody has a side to them that they want to read your emails as long as your niche is something that they're a fan of. Really, you can't put out enough content that's how I look at it, it's like you have the most impact, most revenue when you do it that way. You just have to make sure your content is good because nobody says, oh, you post too much on social media. Everybody tells you to post more and make more content. But when it comes to email, some people just think that sending too much is bad for some reason. And I'm trying to change that narrative for a lot of people because it's, it really changes the game for you when you can have an open mind and, and send a lot of good messages to people, no matter what platform it is. And how do you create the actual emails? Do you have like copywriters that put it together? Yeah, so we have a whole team of copywriters here. Technically, we call them email list managers because a copywriter, basically what they yeah. do is they just write copy in a Google Doc and they ship it off to a client. But with us, uh -huh. we copy and then we actually send it for you and we optimize the deliverability of it. So that's what we do on a daily basis. 
And then we, in the meantime, we also work on your automations and your strategy and just making sure that everything is on point and it's optimized. And we're in there every single day, basically fighting for our clients and making their Very entire email list more efficient. So it's a lot of fun. And uh, cool. yeah, we do write a lot of copy, but that's not all we do. And uh, yeah, we really enjoy it. So basically you're about conversions. Yeah, totally. It's just, and really for anybody, not just copywriters, but you got to understand the things that are going on around your area of expertise. So using the copywriting example, if you're a copywriter, you can't just write copy. You got to understand all the things that are going on before the person reads your message and what the goals for the business are that you want them to take after they read your message and making sure that the person's not there just to buy one thing, um, but you're planting the seed for the upsells or for the back end or whatever it is mm. that your client's goal is. So yeah, that's just what we do. And that's something that's really good for any business to keep in mind. And for someone that has a fairly fresh domain, what do you recommend they need to do to warm it up? Yeah, so that's a good question. The first thing that I would do personally is just start emailing your friends, right? And a lot of people have sell, like several email addresses of their own. So you just want to make sure that you get positive interactions from other people. So you could just log into your G Suite after you open a new domain. If it's like completely brand new and just like email your other addresses and then have them reply back. And then maybe do the same thing mm. with a few close friends just so you can get some easy engagement right off the bat. And then what you want to do, let's say you have an ESP. So that's like where you send your marketing emails from. So like Active Campaign, Clavio, MailChimp, things like that. You would want to take your most engaged subscribers. So, you know, recent customers or anybody that you know really well or that knows you really well. Uh, and you want to email those people first. So maybe you send it out to 500 or 1,000 people which is really small relative to the size of an average or large email list. But you just want to make sure you get a lot of good engagement. So that's things like open rate, replies, and then there's other things that you can't see as well, which would be things like if they favorite the email, if they forward the email to a friend, and like how yeah. long they read it. Those are all things in the algorithm. But as far as what you can yeah. see, the main three are opens, replies, clicks. Those things are great. And then assuming that you get good engagement with that 500 to 1,000 people, then that's when you can open it up more and go to 3,000, 5,000, 10,000, et cetera, until you're setting to your full list. Now, um, if there's people who are not opening, then you should remove those people, let's say after a month or so when you're starting out oh, really? just to make sure that you keep the engagement really high. Now, as you go on and on, you can widen like the kickoff period to 90 days instead of one month. But at the beginning, if you want to be conservative, that's what I would say. So what is that rate? What is a good percentage? Yeah, so I used to say anything that's 15% is fine. But now I'd say 20 just to be safe with iOS 15. So basically what iOS 15 did is Apple is trying to block companies from seeing their true open rates because they think it's an invasion of privacy. If you can see whether or not someone opened your email, which is ridiculous, but it's just like one of those things yeah. like iOS 14 came after ads, iOS 15 came after email. As long as yeah. you're at about 20%, you're pretty safe. If you start dipping below 15, I would be a little worried. And if you're dipping below like 10%, you need to clean up your engagement and get the people who aren't engaging off your list right away. Otherwise, you are destined for the spam folder. That is a really good point. If you're at anything lower than 20%, for example, Troy, 
it's a good idea to go in there and see who are the repeat individuals that are not opening the email at all and just remove them. Yeah, exactly. So that's like the uh, one of the fundamentals of keeping good deliverability. But then on top of that, what we do is we'll go in and we'll make sure, okay, even if you're not going to the spam folder and you're not having issues with that, are you ending up in, pe in people's Gmail promotions tab? Because that's almost as bad as oh, the yes. spam folder. And a lot of people aren't even aware of the fact that it exists because they don't have it on themselves. Or a lot of people don't know how to check and see if they're having that problem. So that's something that we fix as well because it's really, really important. And then just getting really good engagement with people and sending emails to ask people to reply. I just ask them a simple question about if they like, hey, first name, what's your number one problem or question about blank? So blank is obviously your niche or whatever you do. And then when people reply back, that really boosts up your engagement as well. So there's all kinds of things you can do to get more engagement, but those are just a couple of the things that we make sure we mm. do right away for our clients. Yeah, so it could be a question or some kind of a trigger in the email that actually entices them to reply back because once they reply back, that's a good thing. Yeah, totally. And it's not just from a technical standpoint of replies, improve deliverability, but it's also a human standpoint. Like how many companies ask you your opinion on something? How many companies actually mm. check in with you and make sure that you're doing all right? It's just the little mm. things like that too. And it makes you stand out because most people don't mm. send reply That's emails. That's a really good point. Yeah. And they honestly, it's a matter of, I don't want to say laziness, but I would say capacity because a lot of companies are like, gosh, we don't have somebody who can reply to all these emails if people reply to us. And you don't have to reply to every single person because a lot of the replies will be like very short and brief and they just wanted to express themselves. And then sometimes they'll reply back and it's long or lengthy or well thought out. And in those cases, you do want to reply back and then yeah, that's about it. It's not as hard as people think unless you have a ginormous list. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So for deliverability, right? I heard there's not heard. I actually, I looked into it. There's companies or platforms that you can use to increase the health of your domain and the deliverability before running campaigns. I believe companies like, I think, it's called Lim Limlist or something like that. Yeah, there's services like that. I've used one before called Mailworm. And you got to be careful yeah. with the ones that you use because sometimes Google doesn't like it. But And that's changed recently. But there's a lot of services out there that basically what they do is they warm up your list for you. Not at like super high scale, but maybe up to 500 emails a day or so, maybe a thousand. Yeah. Where they send an email on your behalf. So it's basically done through an integration. And the emails, they get sent out to that company's inboxes, and then they open the emails and reply to them, and it just automates the whole process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely make sure you're using a reliable one that mm -hmm. is not like against Google's terms if you're going to do that. But I can't say it does help if you do it correctly. Yeah. So uh, I, this might be a question you must get a lot, or even with friends and colleagues and whatnot. Chat GP. T. Yep. GPT. So chat GBT. I forgot the last letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's all these letters. It's what like do you, do you, what are your thoughts? What, yeah. What are your thoughts about that? That's a huge game changer. What do you, are you guys going to be integrating that? How is that going to affect your service? 
Yeah, so chat GPT and AI in general is actually really helpful when you look at it that way. And that's another reason why I've never branded myself and my team as copywriters, because if you're a copywriter, you're doing the exact yes. same thing as chat GPT, right? Like somebody said, gives so you're you preparing a for the says, future. Hey, yeah, it says, hey, I need you to write this. And if the AI can eventually do it as well as you, then you're going to have problems in the near future. Now, I will say that chat GPT is good. But for it to put out something that's really good, you need to give it the right prompts and you really have to know what to ask it and how to like ask it to tweak what it puts out so then you can go use that. Now, of course, it's probably not going to be perfect just yet, maybe in the future, but you definitely have to like take what it gives you and then modify it a little bit so it, it sounds a little more human and a little more emotional. Because if you don't do those things, it's going to sound very robotic because it's a robot. But the main point here is what we do that ChatGPT doesn't is, first of all, the human emotion connection, which is extremely important, very underrated, because people have to feel understood, not just talk that, hey, we have a big sale today. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Second thing is deliverability. At least as of right now, the internal strategies that we use cannot be replicated by ChatGPT. And obviously... A lot of times you need a human operator to take things, even if a computer tells you to do it, and just really understand and monitor situations and know what buttons to pull or what buttons to push and levers to pull, for lack of a better word. But yeah, just you understanding deliverability is something that yeah. chat GPT can't do right now. And yeah. then also just like general strategy and like creating a plan for your business, right? What is the first email you should send somebody? What's second? What if they click this? What if they don't? And you could go down an entire rabbit hole of different things and scenarios. And you just got to have experience. Yeah. And also like finding affiliate offers, for example, you have to be somebody who goes out and partners with other people and gets good offers to send, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really just about diversification and then using chat GPT to assist you in your writing, especially when it comes to research. And if you do those things, it won't actually replace you. It will help you. It'll help you. Yeah. It'll increase the quality of the work, but it doesn't mean that it'll replace you. The dynamics of it still needs to be done by the human. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a matter of like, how wide is your skill set and how much do you really understand the whole ecosystem that you're working in? And when you understand that, that this whole game, this whole industry, this business that I run and that some other people run is success is dictated by so much more than just copywriting. And there's all kinds of different AIs out there. ChatGPT is pretty much just a giant research tool and a writer. It will get better over time. And there's a lot of other good AI tools out there as well. There's literally hundreds, if not thousands of them that help in different ways. They help automate things. And when you can use them as automation tools and you still have a very valuable asset in your knowledge and your skill set and your diversity and understanding the ecosystem, then you make a really powerful combination when paired with AI. And you probably get this too. You get emails from new startups, right? New ideas, new platforms, new concepts, right? Out of nowhere, you didn't subscribe to any of it. I assume, you know, they're using cold email marketing. What do they do? How do they do it? And what are your thoughts on it? 
Yeah. So with us, we deal with warm email lists. So basically people that have built their lists from like advertising or affiliate promotions. Yes, of course. Many other ways. But as far as cold, yeah. One thing I'll preface this by saying is the quality of your list is way more important than the quantity. Because a lot of people, they get excited and they say, oh, I have a huge list and say, how did you acquire it? And they're like, oh, we scraped it off of LinkedIn. And I'm like, that's not really the same as if you built a list over. Mm. I would much rather have a warm list of 1,000 than a cold list of 50,000 people. And I am not joking Mm. when I say that. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, Like I've been there, I've worked with people. Yeah, it's literally over 50 times better by those numbers. So yeah, cold email, if you are gonna do that, you have to, like it's tough. It's a numbers game. You gotta have a lot of domains. You gotta make sure that when you're sending from one of them, it's only a matter of when it hits spam, not if. So as soon as it does, you got to move on to another domain and let the first one repair. And you have to make sure that your database of leads is you can explain to them like where you found them and like really concisely tell them how you can help. And that's pretty much the key to it. And then have a call to action. Again, I don't do this for clients. I know how it works, but it's just for me personally, it's a big headache. And I have mm. a couple friends that are willing to take on that headache for people, but I am not one of them. Yeah, because we just don't know the quality of it. For example, when I'm receiving that email, I just don't feel good because I know I didn't subscribe to it. It's not something that I went to search for. And I get these emails and some of them are pretty cool products, you know, and I don't get me wrong, like I do check them out, right? But I was curious what they're doing because spam, the laws are there, right? How do they even get away with sending cold emails? And I guess it's a domain game. Yeah, so it's not illegal to send a cold email. What you're thinking of is basically when you grab a bunch of email addresses and put them on your email list and then start mailing them that way. But if you send cold email, what's that? Isn't that like cold? So basically, if you take a bunch of contacts that that didn't give you consent to be on your email marketing list, then you can't send Mm -hmm. to those people. But let's just say I really enjoy your podcast and I found your email somewhere and I shot you off a cold email. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Now, the extent of like, where is the line where, okay, if I load these people into a cold email software, is that technically an email list? Like, I'm not an expert in that area. Now, I'm guessing yeah. that it's legal. Otherwise, these companies wouldn't exist in this industry. Yeah. Would be blacklisted. But yeah, it's like there are certain rules that would make it, make it illegal if you were to basically take all these random people and put them inside of an active campaign account um, or an ESP that's meant for warm emails. But um, yeah, if you like scrape them from somewhere and it's from LinkedIn and you're using like a reliable like cold software that is following all the laws, then yeah, you can do that and it's legal, but I just like, you have to run through so many numbers to get results and it is. Yeah. Troy, what is your favorite tone for emails? I guess it could depend on the industry and the person, the client itself, but what do you find, which type of tone is the most successful? Is it the funny tone emails or the more mysterious ones that don't really say much. You know what I'm trying to ask? Like what kind of tone do you favor or do you see the most results from? 
Yeah, so that's something that you definitely have to mix up and test. But I will tell you that you have okay. to, the main thing is you have to meet people where they are mentally, right? So if somebody is coming onto your list and you ran an ad that was like using a humor angle, and maybe your funnel is like using the same thing, and that's your personality. So it has to brand. match. Yeah, so it attracts. And odds are, if you acquired them with the humor angle, a lot of your emails should also use that angle. Also as well. be, yeah. Now, if Align it's more it. B2B and like straight to the point, some people like that too. But what I will say that matches across pretty much any kind of email marketing that you do is authenticity. I know a lot of people throw that mm -hmm. word around. A lot of people think it's woo-woo and a lot of people swear by it. But the truth is you literally have to be yourself because it's only a matter of yeah. time before you, it, it wears on you that you're pretending to be somebody or not or you're trying to run a business that you're not passionate about. Like that will show eventually. So you just really have to do a good job of telling stories about yourself because people want to get to know you. Like, why should I trust you? Yeah. You're emailing yeah. because there's... So mm -hmm. many marketers out there. So you got to make sure you do that. Tell your story, be truthful, and don't be afraid, even if you have to get weird, right? Because the weird yeah. things, Test. The, the things that you may like not want to admit publicly, there's a lot of stories like that we all have inside of us. And I'm not talking about like really yeah. bad things. I'm just talking about like weird yeah, things yeah. that you normally wouldn't tell. But if you tell yeah. that, most people don't. And that makes you stand out. And the truth yeah. is that everybody yeah. on your list has a story like that and they can relate to you in some way, shape, yeah. or form. If you tell a handful of yeah. different stories, at some point they'll mm -hmm. read it and they'll go, oh my gosh, me too. I can't believe somebody else yeah. talked about this. I thought I was the only one. And they, mm -hmm. they have that light bulb moment. They like you. Yeah. And as you know and trust are the three keys. Yeah. So it's like you're already halfway there. Yeah, Troy, that's such a really, it's such a great point actually. And I feel that's part of the reason why our show is growing is that I just, since I started just being real and just being me, not worrying about what the other person thinks, just want to add value and just be me and share some of those things and whatever comes to mind, I just let it out. I'm noticing that people are connecting and engaging and, and being part of this journey with me more than they were before when I was being restrictive. Yeah, totally. It's just, it's this crazy leap that a lot of people struggle to make because they're like, I can't talk about myself. I can't tell yeah. that story. <laughs> and Dude, I was tough. having trouble. Yeah. It's tough. But as soon as you make that leap, there's no looking back. It's, oh my gosh, no. I can't believe I didn't do so that So much sooner. easier. Yeah. So yeah. it's so much it's really easier. Troy, it's just, and, yeah, you just get so much weight off your shoulders. And once you have that, you just feel you feel one, you feel like a family with everyone then, right? You just, you don't have any sense of, oh, what are they going to think about? What are they going to say? How do I look? You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. So I definitely feel like it's a, it's a big weight off your shoulders and it's so ben so much more beneficial to your business as well to be authentic and real and, and truthful. Yeah, that's right? another thing that I tell people too is when they start out, they're pretty afraid to put their own face out there and their own name and the one thing I've noticed after working with hundreds of clients is if you put your name as like the from name or, and basically what that does is it gives the voice to you, right? So if your company is called company X, 
and your name is John and you send all these emails from company X, I'm getting those. And I'm like, why is there this faceless entity talking at me? Like mm. who is actually writing the email? Yeah. Like I have no idea. But then as True. soon as John's name goes on there and you can say John at company X and I can build a reading relationship with John, understand yes. his stories and start to relate and go find you on social media and my other favorite networks. And then you're building omnipresence with people. And there's just so many good things that happen when you put yourself out there. Highly recommend. Right. Awesome. Troy, can you share what your innermost superpower is that got you to this point? Ooh, I would say not being afraid to experiment with things because a lot of people, they're waiting for permission. But I, for some reason, I never really had that instilled in me because as a kid, I just, I went to school and I like got good grades and followed the rules. But at some point, I don't know if it was through baseball, I was a rebel. I went out and I like learned things that were like against the grain and eventually made it to college, even though I didn't really have any athletic background myself or in my family. And I think that kind of trained me just to think outside the box and try new things and not wait for permission. And I would say that's probably the main thing that's been of benefit to me. So that's what I recommend awesome. too. Hey, don't be afraid to break a rule. If you break a rule, that's fine. You, you could always fix that. There's very few rules that are high enough level where you shouldn't even come close to those. If it's just something that's a social norm, just break it. Just go do it and see what happens and see how it makes you feel. Yeah, no, that's excellent. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Troy. And thank you for your time today. It's great to have you on the show. I like the name of the company and I like what you're doing. You're, you're helping people get their message or businesses get their messages across to their audience. And in the same time, the more they close, the more they can serve people. So you have a very important job and I'm glad that you're out there doing what you're doing. And thank you again. Yeah, thank you as well. Like I said, emailparamedic.com, the reason we named it that is because we revived dead email lists like a paramedic. Um, yeah. That's how we came up with awesome. it. And it's been a fun ride so far and we've helped a lot of people and looking forward to helping more. Love it. Thank you, Troy. And audience, thanks again for joining us for another episode. And uh, we're very much happy that you're part of our audience and helping us grow because without you, it's just hard can't we can't grow so we're very grateful to have you as our audience and check out troy's information the show notes the website and the service and see if you can optimize your business or grow your business with proper email marketing by having a paramedics by your side thanks again Love it. thank you troy yeah thank you so much